the world. Okay, we we uh, go to Luke chapter nine, verse eighteen. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. And he asked them, saying, Who do the crowds say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah. And others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. So he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Okay, Luke, Luke gives us a very snappy account. Okay, I think it was um, Matthew that told us that uh, it was on the road to Caesarea Philippi. Yes, sir. Okay. Who do men say that the son of man am? I, the son of man am. So they said, John the Baptist, some Elijah, mothers Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Okay, well, that addition to geographically locate the place of this encounter or this uh, incidents with his disciples has great relevance in identifying the Mount of Transfiguration because the two um, followed in the same region. But we'll come to that later. But it's important to make sure that the people you know, that they, they understand the core message. Who do men say that I am? Okay, that's a free uh, one. You can express whatever you have picked up, the people are saying. 
And that's neither here nor there. But then to the question, who do you, you say that I am, lies the true confession. Because that's what defines and determines the quality and nature of the relationship. Who do you say that I am? And everything derives from there. If Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and that Lord is interpreted from the oriental sense, then it, he will command absolute loyalty and obedience. And that's why it's important to talk about this so that each one of us will understand it. You know, who do you say that I am? He asked the Jews, I think it's in um, Matthew 22 or 12, one of them. What think you of Christ? Whose son is he? You know, what think you of Christ? Whose son is he? You know, and then they said, uh, the son of David. It's okay. How, how then did David say, the Lord said unto my Lord, you know, sit thou on my right hand. Yes, it's 22. Sit thou on my right hand, you know, until I make your enemies your footstool. If David is his uh, son then, how if David calls him Lord, how is he his son? You know. So what you believe about Christ is cardinal to how you relate to him and how you behave subsequently. And that's why part of the call in the in the conversion evangelistic message is to declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Savior, yes. Lord, a different matter. Savior, it is, it is what he did on the cross of Calvary. You know, what we believe that sacrifice entailed. You know, um, if you go to the circle of the Abushis in the light of the truth, they call it judicial, judicial murder. Okay? that um, Jesus was having a rising popularity that was diminishing the importance and significance of the hierarchy of Judaism. And they contrived to accuse him and get Pilate to kill him because they have lost the power of capital punishment under Roman law and Roman rule. So, so the, the people can give interpretations. What think you, what do you think yourself? You know, what do you think yourself? Now, when we come to Jesus as savior, one of the greatest testimonies is the individual one that when I actually repented of my sins and washed them in the blood of Jesus, I received freedom by faith and then freedom by experience. Freedom by experience because 
the past was no longer a burden to me because I now believe, as stated in God's word, that when I wash in the blood of Jesus, I am holy, I am unblameable, and I am unreprovable before God. Now, when we accept that, that the horrendous um, experience that Jesus went through at the cross of Calvary was all for my sake. Like the apostle said in 2 Corinthians 14, you know, if we believe that Christ died for our sins, 2 Corinthians 5.14, 2 Corinthians 5.14, if we believe that Christ died for our sins, you know, first of all, you see, the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And then the exchange in verse 15, he died for all so that those who live should live no longer for themselves. That's the exchange. He died the death I should have died so that I may live the life he should have lived. And I think I told you, I told you about Samuel's, they, they, they stole away from Liberia who went to New York to attend Bible college or to learn, ostensibly to learn of the Holy Spirit. And the gentleman he went to meet sent him to Bible college. And he was hoping and praying that after the Bible college, he will come back to Liberia to evangelize his people. And then Samuelson died that final year in Bible college. And after he died, 80 um, students in his graduating class opted for mission work in Africa. You know, so, so one person died and 80 people went to Africa to preach. So look at it this way. One person could have only covered so much area, but 80 people in different parts of Africa, they made a great impact. So one death, many evangelists, the death of one evangelist led. So, so the apostle said there's an exchange. Samuelson didn't die for them, you know, but this is just an illustration a true story. When Jesus died for our sins, he died so that he would produce many sons and daughters like Jesus all over the world. And that's really what it is. He did conformed into the image of his son. I think the apostle Paul was telling us about in Romans 8.29. And so when you confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and you and I, like Paul, we say, the love of Christ shown on the cross of Calvary compels me, compels me. And so I have inspiration. I have a, 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 a reason for my self-sacrificing love in my own life because he showed me self-sacrificing love. And that is, and that is the real challenge because after the Peter confessed Jesus, 
Then he began to tell them about that sacrifice. He says, all of this is going to end in Jerusalem where I will suffer many things, where I will be crucified, where I will, be, I will die, where I will be buried. And then on the third day, I will rise from the dead. I'm sure you and I were there. You know, we would not make that connection between the son of God and son of man that has so much power over everything, nature, you know, sickness and disease, devils. How on earth could they have the power to crucify him? It, it was like, this, this is not on. No wonder the Bible said that in Matthew's account that Peter took him aside and started to tell him, what are you talking about? This, this is not going to happen to you. Not, not here. Not, we're here. We're here to, to make sure it doesn't happen. And Jesus said, get thee behind me. Satan. Satan. So you think like men. They're not talking about the purposes of God. So God sacrificed his son, his incarnate son, so that he will have millions of people who are striving daily to be like him. That's what it's all about. Without that, the whole purpose is defeated. Without you and I striving daily to live his life, then the whole purpose is defeated. He didn't die. Jesus didn't die to produce millions of people going to church. No. He died to produce millions of people living life like Jesus. And this is the core gospel. Okay. So he said to them, don't, don't tell anybody what you now know. Okay, Matthew's account um, speaks of the transfer of spiritual authority to admit various groups into the kingdom when you know the Holy Spirit is given because the Holy Spirit is the seal of the kingdom. So the kingdom, as it were, doesn't begin until the seal comes down. So everybody that is in the kingdom is sealed until the day of redemption. And, 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 and uh, um, as many as have that confession, as many as will declare that Jesus Christ is their Lord, the Holy Spirit will seal them until the day of redemption. So it is important for you and I to really know it's, it's not a group thing. That's what's important here. It's not a group thing. We are Christians in this place. No. You can only speak for yourself. Jesus Christ is my Lord and daily I strive to live his life because he died my death. That's a personal confession. It's a personal commitment. It's a personal loyalty. And that's why when you say Jesus will not approve of this, the Bible does not approve of this. The man that is loyal to Jesus will listen. So in that case, I will not do it again. That's what marks it out. That's what marks, should mark you and I out as people who are loyal to Christ. Once you hear that something is contrary to what he will approve, as our Lord and Savior, we have to comply. And that's how you get men and women who are loyal to Christ, because it is a personal loyalty. 
It's not a group loyalty. No. It is those individuals that then form the group, but they all have one thing in common. They're personally loyal to Christ. And may that be our testimony. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That we are personally loyal to Christ. Amen. And that controls everything we say and do. Amen. Amen. Amen.